What is going on, my young Padawans? Welcome back to Nerd Explosion, the weekly podcast for based on a monthly topic I nerd out about whatever I want. As always, I'm your host, Cameron. And I hope you guys are doing good out there, you know, doing positive things, you know, staying cool, actually, because it's starting to get warmer here in Minnesota. And let me tell you, like, it doesn't just get warm. It gets, like, that stupid, humid warm first, where you're, like, uncomfortably warm. And I just, I I don't like it. Like, I'm going to be suffering this whole episode. Just had to turn my AC off because I didn't want all that background noise. But hopefully you guys are doing a lot better than I am. Anyway, on to today's episode. Now, obviously, we're still in Star Wars month. And... The topic for today's episode, I wanted to talk about some interesting Star Wars theories that I found. Now, I was looking all over the place, and I actually found this article from Looper that goes over a bunch of Star Wars theories, and I won't exactly read them word for word. I might do just for some context, but I'll try to paraphrase them in you know my own words. But before we get into the episode, new episodes of this podcast come out every Saturday, so make sure you're liking, following, you know, doing whatever you can with podcasts. Also, video versions go up on my YouTube, SuperTM64, every Saturday as well. Now, with the video version for the last episode, I forgot to put it up because I'm lazy, but I will put it up either as I'm recording this, or I'll put it up the same day as this episode goes up, so two episodes will go up at the same time. Like I said, I'm just lazy and I forgot to do the video version of the last episode. But, anyway, let's talk about some Star Wars theories. Alright, so, Star Wars theories. Now, pretty much all of these are fan theories. Like, there's no actual, like, concrete, like, oh, these are straight from George Lucas himself, or these are from, you know, Disney, or everybody behind uh, Lucas Films and everything. A lot of these, most of these, like, 90% of these are just fan theories, you know, People look at stuff that happens in the Star Wars movies and a lot of stuff isn't really explained and, you know, it's up to the fans to be like, oh, well, I think this happened and here's evidence as to why, you know, this and this. And like I said, I found an uh, article from Looper that goes over a bunch of fan theories and they actually titled this Star Wars Fan Theories That Could Actually Be True. Now let's just jump into these fan theories, shall we? Starting with the first one on here, Palpatine is Anakin's father. Now, the basis of this theory is that there is actually a, uh, there's a book called The Making of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Basically goes over, like, you know, how Revenge of the Sith was made into a movie. And there's apparently a streamplay excerpt that shows an exchange between, uh, Palpatine and Anakin, which Palpatine outright says, I arranged for your conception. I used the power of the Force to will the Metachlorians to start the cell divisions that created you. And there's a uh, comic book from Marvel called Darth Vader that came out in 2018 that shows Palpatine lurking over Shmi, you know, Anakin's mother, manipulating her womb with dark energy. Palpatine's confession was cut out of the final film, so, you know, because of that excerpt, that screenplay excerpt, and the Marvel comic book, it's, there's a huge theory, and it's, there's a lot of evidence towards the fact that Palpatine could unintentionally be Anakin's father, because he basically, he concocted Anakin in Shmi's womb, which is, it's really creepy, actually, when you think about it. Like, Shmi was just probably sleeping one night, and Palpatine's just like, hey, hey, I'm gonna create the next Sith Lord. <laughs> Do it. 
an interesting point they actually made in this article is that, you know, Ray's force powers, Ray's power grew organically as Kylo Ren grew stronger. And, you know, maybe Anakin was the same way. His power rose as Darth Sidious, you know, Palpatine, he ascended to power. So that's, you know, where the connection lies there. So I think this one, I, I definitely believe, you know, there is, there is a lot of evidence to back it up. So I definitely believe this one. Next one. And keep in mind that the, a lot of this article was written before Rise of Skywalker came out. So a lot of this either may or may not have been answered in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, one of these things, I guess a fan theory is that Matt Smith was going to play a young Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker. Now, if you don't know who Matt Smith is, he's most famous for being uh, one of the Doctor Whos. I don't believe he was in it at all. Like, I don't even know why this was a fan theory at first, but I I don't think he was actually in it, or at least I didn't see him in Rise of Skywalker. I'll have to watch it again at some point didn't, to really pay attention, but I, I, yeah, I don't believe he was in it at all. I don't, because I think there was a, just a theory that there was going to be like a young Palpatine in the movie. Like there was going to be a flashback thing and Matt Smith was going to play him because I think he was credited actually somewhere. He was credited as being in the movie. Uh, let me look through here. Uh, this says in August, 2018 variety reported that Smith would appear in rise of Skywalker, but the actor hasn't been featured in any promotional materials and Smith denies that he's in the movie. Yeah. Cause he's not in it. At the same time, official Disney websites list Smith in the cast list. So basically, everybody in their grandmother said that Matt Smith was in the movie, but I don't believe he was actually in the final product. The next theory we got here, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader recognized R2-D2 and C-3PO in the original trilogy. Now the whole basis, and now a lot of people, this theory came because there's a lot of people that were confused when like New Hope and... All that came out like the original trilogy that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader didn't even seem to recognize, you know, who R2-D2 or Darth Vader was. And uh, a lot of people were like, well, what doesn't he remember them? You know, they were some of his most faithful companions. How does he not remember them? But the theory is that, you know, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, they do remember R2-D2 and C-3PO. Like, they do recognize them. They just don't say anything. Like, they keep their cool. And I understand why they would do that. Like, it makes a lot of sense if you actually think about it, because with everything that happened, you know, he doesn't want to, they don't want to risk, you know, connecting themselves back to those droids. Because if we look back to the beginning of New Hope, R2-D2 had the rebel plans inside him from Princess Leia that he had to deliver to Obi-Wan. Or he had the message for Obi-Wan that he had to deliver from Princess Leia. So, you know, he was on a mission and... Basically, everybody just acted cool, and at least that's my thing. Uh, let me look through here and see if there was any, like, other explanation for this. Uh, there's a thing here that said, like, uh, Obi old Obi-Wan said that he never owned a droid. He never said he didn't know R2-D2. It said, he said that he never owned a droid, which technically is true because Obi-Wan was assigned, or R2-D2 was assigned to Obi-Wan. And, like, as far as Darth Vader, like, R2-D2 and C-3PO never really cross his path. Like, he, they never interact with Darth Vader at all. So, you know, Anakin wouldn't be... I'm, I'm sure at that point, you know, Anakin is so overrun with hatred and everything. You know, being the Dark... You know, being the Dark Lord Darth Vader. I'm sure, you know, he just wouldn't give them a second thought if you saw them. Like, he wouldn't just stop everything, you know, 
trying to stop the rebels and just be like, three PO. Like he just yo that wouldn't that would be way out of character. The next theory on here is that Leia and Chewie didn't hug in the Force Awakens because Chewie was in mourning. Now, this whole theory comes from the fact that in Force Awakens, you know, after Han Solo dies, they land back on the rebel base and Leia immediately goes and hugs Rey. They both, you know, they both comfort each other. Leia doesn't go right for, you know, Chewbacca, you know, Han Solo's best friend. And the basis behind this theory is that, well, the actual reason is that J.D. Abrams just, you know, didn't put it in. He, he admits it was a mistake, but a lot of people, you know, fixed it, basically gave him an excuse for that. They're basically saying that, well, the whole theory is that Chewie, because of his Wookiee heritage, um, actually, I'll read from this. As the theory goes, Wookiees aren't supposed to touch or be touched by others after the death of a loved one until they're allowed to mourn in private. So basically, the whole basis is that because he's a Wookiee, you know, in Wookiee culture, they don't want to be touched or they don't want to touch others until they've had their own time to mourn. Like, they want to mourn for their, for themselves before confront, you know, being comforted by somebody else. And actually, that makes a whole lot of sense, you know, because we don't know a whole lot about Wookiee culture. So, I mean, if you look at, there's a lot of novels that probably explain it, but I haven't read them. But, you know, that would make a lot of sense, actually, if that was just part of his culture. So, yeah, that's why Leia didn't go straight for uh, Chewbacca. It also could be that, you know, there's another there's another theory behind it that, you know, Chewbacca and Leia don't really see eye to eye. Or Leia never really cared for Chewbacca that much. I mean, she obviously does in the later movies. Like she does do my hug, but... From, like, a majority of the original trilogy, she did not really care that much for Chewbacca. I mean, she she didn't give him a medal in that, you know, that medal ceremony at the end of New Hope. She she used the phrase, kissing a Wookiee, as an insult. And, you know, it's not exactly a term of endearment to call somebody a walking carpet. So that's the other thing. But I honestly, I believe, I'm I more so believe the... You know, Wookiees don't want to be touched or don't want to touch others while they're mourning. I believe that more than Leia just doesn't like Chewbacca because, of course, she likes him. You know, especially at this point, of course she likes him. And next theory on here is Skywalker will be the new term for Force users. Now, I'm going to read this, like, word for word because this this doesn't make sense to me. Episode 9's subtitle, The Rise of Skywalker, is a curious one. Given that the two most notable Skywalkers, Anakin and Luke, are dead. What about Leia, guys? Then again, according to Luke, so are the Jedi. So what are we supposed to call all benevolent Force users now? Well, how about Skywalkers? This popular fan theory argues that the impotent and flawed Jedi Order truly is gone. And that Rey will found a new line of Force-wielding pacifist warriors named after her one-time mentor. That'd be a nice touch. Disney has been adamant that Episode 9 will conclude the Skywalker saga, and having Skywalker become a general name for do-gooders across the galaxy is a lovely tribute to both Luke and Anakin. Besides, not only would this twist play nicely off of The Last Jedi's general thesis that the Force is for everyone, but it wouldn't be the first time that Skywalker was used as a title in Star Wars canon. In Timothy Zane's 2018 novel, Thrawn Alliances, 
Force-sensitive pilots, known as Starwalkers, helped others navigate the most treacherous reaches of space. There are very few coincidences in Star Wars lore, and if that tidbit isn't the beginning of something bigger, we'd be very surprised. So, yeah, I don't know how I feel about just calling all Force users Starwalkers. I just, I don't feel it. I feel like they would just keep the name Jedi, because I feel like, you know, Rhett... It it would be it would be in character of Rey to basically restart the Jedi Order and you know, everybody sees that the Jedi are back, they're like, Oh, there's hope after all which there's another theory about Jedi that they don't include in here, but I will get to at the end of this episode. The next theory is C three PO ignored a warning from a fellow droid on Cloud City. Now, in Empire Strikes Bad, they get to Cloud City and C-3PO sees another protocol droid come out of a room. And C-3PO is like, oh, hello. And the other droid is like, Ichuta. And then C-3PO is like, how rude. But a lot of people have a theory that that droid was actually warning C-3PO about everything that was about to happen. You know, Boba Fett already being aware of their location there uh lando eventually turning on them because of you know darth vader and everything so a lot of people were thinking that that protocol droid was actually trying to warn c-3po but you know c-3po isn't that bright of a bulb you know so i don't know there's not much to this theory but basically it's just like yeah c-3po was warned but he didn't listen i personally don't believe it but you know let people believe what they want to believe the next theory on this list is Supreme Leader Snoke is, or was, Darth Plagueis. Have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Now, this is another one that I'm going to read word for word because whoever wrote this did a, is going to do a much better job of explaining this than I will, probably. So, <clears throat> The Last Jedi did its best to convince us that Supreme Leader Snoke doesn't matter, but remember... This is the guy who transformed the remnants of the Empire into the First Order. There must be something important hidden in his past, and some fans think they've discovered what it is. Snoke is Darth Plagueis the Wise, Palpatine's former master and the Sith Lord who used the dark side to unlock the secrets of life itself. Much of this theory comes down to the process of elimination. In Star Wars lore, there aren't many other characters who Snoke could be but the movies do offer a few intriguing clues. For one, there's a specific music cue that plays in Revenge of the Sith when Palpatine is talking about Plagueis that only appears in one other place, John Williams' Snoke theme. Given that Williams' Star Wars stores are character-based, that's a big clue. At one point, Kylo Ren says, The Supreme Leader is wise, which recalls Plagueis' preferred title, Besides, Snoke just looks like he's been ravaged by a disease. Or, a plague? It's thin, and it probably doesn't matter either way, but it's fun to think about. Besides, if Palpatine can return from the dead, Plagueis can too. A naturally long life is the dude's whole thing. I don't know if I personally believe that, but that is definitely an interesting one to think about. That would, you know, connect so many things. And it would explain why Snoke, you know, looks the way he does and everything. So if he ends up, if he was Darth Plagueis the Wise, that would explain a lot of things. Uh, I personally, I don't know if I believe it or not, but yeah, it's definitely a fun theory to think about. Now, this next one, I'm not going to read too much into because this was definitely written before Rise of Skywalker. So there's a lot more information that came out about it that they didn't know at the time. But this one reads, 
there's more to Ray's parentage than the last Jedi lets on. Now, this whole thing is like, you know, Ray could be, you know, a secret Kenobi or a secret Skywalker or a secret Palpatine or even her own parents murderer because all we saw of her parents was the flashback where we see her parents, you know, take off off of the planet of Jakku. But in Rise of Skywalker, we did find out, spoilers if you haven't seen it, by the way, we find out that Palpatine, Emperor Palpatine, is actually Rey's grandpa. So, putting all that together, if Palpatine is Rey's grandpa, and Palpatine was responsible for Anakin's birth, essentially, if Palpatine is Anakin's father. Alright, so to help me figure out this conundrum, I got my wife Caitlin here. Hello. Alright, so here's my conundrum. So, I just read a theory that said, you know, they don't know what Ray's parentage is, but as we learned in Rise of Stoutwalker, Palpatine was Ray's grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. But there's also a theory that Palpatine is Anakin's father because he basically formed Anakin in uh, Shmi's womb. I don't know if I love where this is going. I mean, there's a lot of evidence to prove that, you know, Palpatine is Anakin's father because there's actually a cut thing from, like I explained in the previous episode, but you weren't in the room for that. There's a cut thing from Revenge of the Sith, basically with Palpatine admitting that he formed all the Metachlorians and everything to form Anakin. Basically, he formed Anakin into being. Like the miraculous conception? Yeah. So, that gets me thinking. If Palpatine is Anakin's father, but also Rey's grandfather, what does that make Rey? Well, biologically speaking, that would have to make Rey Anakin's daughter. But... Leia is also Anakin's daughter, or Luke and Leia are also Anakin's children. Right, and by the time Rey comes into the picture, Luke and Leia are super old, so but then, that timeline doesn't work out. Yeah, but then, and th- that wouldn't either make sense either, because Padme died after giving birth to Luke and Leia, so where the hell did Rey come from? Right. But then, let's say, so yeah, if Palpatine is Anakin's father, but also Rey's grandfather... Like, how do you think that would work out, given the circumstances? What do you mean? Like, who would she actually be related to? Because, you know, at the end of Rise of Skywalker, she's just like, I'm Rey Skywalker. Well, yeah, but she adopted that name because of Luke and Leia, not because of anything else. But she, she, never, knew, she never knew Anakin or Vader. So, like, on the surface, she's a Palpatine. That's, you know, that much is true. Well, just timeline alone, it doesn't make sense because Luke and Leia, no disrespect, were like super crusty old by the time Rey comes into the picture. So there's no way she could be Anakin's daughter, which which begs the question, is Palpatine really Anakin's father canonically or did they take that out because they realized that it wouldn't make sense down the road? That could be too. They basically, you know, couldn't, basically could have taken it out because they were just like, oh, well, this won't make a lot of sense because of whatever story we're trying to tell. Right. Unless Anakin's Force Ghost fathered a child, which I sincerely doubt. I don't know if Force Ghost worked like that. Somebody get Lucas on the horn. But, yeah, no, I was trying to wrap my head around that. I'm like, wait, if Palpatine is Anakin's father, but also Rey's grandfather, then what does that make? But I guess, you know, we'll just call her Skywalker. Basically, she's just an adopted Skywalker at this point. I'm just going to accept that as the truth. I mean, I think that's all you can do. Okay, I'm going to go now. 
All right. Thank you for thank you for doubling my brain power on that one. All right. And so now that I got that whole theory figured out, on to the next one. Ray is a clone. This fan theory builds on the, the previous one, but it's wild enough that it deserves some discussion all its own. Maybe Ray's parents don't matter because she doesn't really have any. Perhaps, instead of a normal kid, Ray was actually a clone of one of the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, Luke Skywalker. As the theory goes, Ray was cloned from Luke's hand, which Darth Vader chopped off in the Empire Strikes Back. When Ray finds Luke's lightsaber in Maz Kanata's castle in The Force Awakens, she sees and hears snippets from Luke's past, including his scream upon learning that Darth Vader is his dad, and a close-up of Luke's mechanical hand. Maz tells Ray that lightsaber was Luke's, and his father's before him, and now it calls to you, implying a direct familial lineage. Ray and Tylo have some kind of connection, which makes sense if they're related. Aunt and nephew? Cousins? Cloning is confusing. In addition, we know that Luke's old hand was originally supposed to open the Force Awakens, and there's a precedent for this kind of thing. Tommy, Timothy Zane's Thrawn trilogy, which kickstarted the whole Star Wars expanded universe in the early 90s, features a Luke clone made from the Jedi's severed appendage. Outlandish as it is, this theory even means that Kylo was telling the truth. If she's a clone, Rey's parents really were nobody, at least from a certain point of view. Enough of clone talk now, let's move on to the next theory. <laughs> Ewoks ate a bunch of stormtroopers. Is this really a theory? I feel like that's the truth. I feel like after Ewoks would kill a stormtrooper, they would drag it they would drag their body back to, you know, whatever village on Endor and eat the body. Like I fully believe that. But I mean just I mean look at look at the th- whole thing with like when the Ewoks capture uh Han and Leia and Luke and 3PO and everything, they're planning to eat them. So it's not past them to eat humans. So they they would definitely go as far as eating stormtroopers. I fully believe that, 100%. I don't even have to look into this. I fully believe that. Is that? Okay, that's the end of that list. But I do have one more theory that I've been thinking about ever since I came up with the idea for this episode. And that is that the Jedi aren't actually the good guys and everything. Now, let me explain. So, yes, obviously, you know, throughout the whole movies, the Jedi are, you know, they come out as the good guys. They're made to be the good guys. But that's only, you know, that's just that's just how the movie is. That's how George Lucas originally intended it, and that's just, you know, how it is. I think that's why, with J.J. Uh, Abrams, you start to see a little more gray area. Like, obviously, you know, he still portrays the Jedi as good guys, but there's a lot more gray in there i mean even look at look at ahsoka there's a there's an animated show called star wars rebels which i i haven't seen but there's this the main character in it eventually comes across darth vader but gets saved by ahsoka tano who has another one-on-one with uh darth vader you know her old master anakin and i forget what ahsoka says but uh, something about revenge, and then Darth Vader is like, revenge is not the Jedi way, and she responds with, I am no Jedi, before pulling out two white lightsabers. Now, in the story of Star Wars, there's, or well, if you looked at the whole Star Wars canon in general, there's, you know, the Jedi, who are all for, like, justice and order and everything. There's the Sith, who are also about order, but, like, they're, they want to control everything. And then there are 
what they're called, they're called gray Jedi. And they basically, you know, they walk the middle path. They're not, they don't claim to be good. They don't claim to be evil. They're just, you know, in the middle. They, they fight for themselves, essentially. But back to my whole thing of, like, why the Jedi aren't necessarily the good guys. I mean, look at this as evidence. So they, they take kids, right, to, you know, join the Jedi. They take kids to join the Jedi Order. They will take kids as young as, like, three years old. And in real life, if you take a three-year-old away from, you know, its life and its parents and everything, that's going to cause some emotional damage. I mean, look at look at Anakin. He basically, I mean, of course he agreed to it because, I mean, what kid isn't going to want to learn how to swing around a laser sword? But also, I mean, with Anakin... You took him away from his mother and everything he knows, left his mom a slave, which that's another point I want to make. You know, they, Twydon's whole thing for only taking Anakin is because, you know, they didn't have enough money to free Shmi. But, you know, after they took him, after they got money, they could have freed her later. They could have very easily freed her later, and they chose not to. You know, they, they're like, oh, uh, you know, your mother, uh, we'll, we'll get to her when we can. No, they easily could have, or they could have just taken her by force and freed her, but no, they didn't. Instead, they had to wait for years and years until eventually she got, you know, taken away by Tusted Raiders. And then Anakin's like, oh, I sense she's in trouble. I gotta go save her. And then his mom ends up dying in his arms. The Jedi, you know, very easily could have stepped in at any point, but they chose not to until Anakin literally had to hold his dying, bury his own mother. So, yeah, they take kids as young as three. Basically, you know, these young children away from their life and force them to dedicate their lives to the Jedi Order. And the whole thing with the Jedi Order is they they strictly ban you from feeling, like, strong emotions. Like, obviously you can light stuff and everything, but... Like, falling in love, hatred, and everything. Like, those are strong emotions that the Jedi Order frown upon. And, basically, they're telling you not to feel. Now, there's a whole... There's actually an interesting video that I want to bring up. Because it kind of ties into this. It's, um... Why... I forget the guy's name. I'm... No, I know the guy's name. I'm going to mispronounce it. It's like, Tiadi Mundi. So... He's the Jedi on the Jedi Council. He's got he's got the beard, the white beard, and he's got the like really long head. Uh, there's a video I saw that explains why he was actually why he deserved to die in Order sixty six. Um, with the whole Jedi Order thing, like I mentioned, they advise against strong emotions. So Tiara Mundi looked at that and I was like, oh, so I shouldn't feel anything at all. So he basically told everyone not to feel anything. And there's even a part in uh, Clone Wars where he temporarily becomes Anakin's master because it's believed that Obi-Wan is dead when he was actually captured. And Tiare Mundi, you know, he mourns, he sees all like the loss of Jedi and everything and everything. And Tiare Mundi was just like, yeah, and just, you know, don't think about it. You know, you shouldn't care about it. And he's just, he doesn't care. I mean, Tiare Mundi, I guess canonically, his whole family was murdered and he just, you know, he didn't bat an eye. Like he just didn't care because he taught, he was under the understanding that, you know, he just, he didn't have to show any emotion. He didn't, he shouldn't show any emotion at all. So, you know, and he was, he was kind of a dick basically. He just, he just didn't care about anybody at all. Any feelings like he basically was only out for himself. So, Really, I mean, Order 66 was bad in, you know, in general, you know, all the Jedi wiped out, but 
I don't think his loss was a total loss. Uh, what other point was I trying to make about the whole uh, Jedi aren't that good thing? Besides the kids, you know, kids being taken away when they're super young, uh, be basically being forced into the Jedi Order. There's, there's really no way out of the Jedi Order unless you like really screw up, like unless you kill someone, basically. Like, there's really no way out, and I think a lot of it just comes down to the like the emotional state. Like, you take somebody away from their life like that just in an instant and force them to change their lives completely. That's that's going to do some damage. And that's why, like, originally I didn't like episode 2 because I thought Anakin was way too whiny. But uh, I talked to my brother-in-law recently, and he actually brought up a good point, and he actually said that he listens to my podcast. So, Ricky, if you listen to this one, hey, what's up? <laughs> but... He brought up a good point because I always, I always thought Anakin was whining in episode two, but he brought up the point that you know he was basically raised and trained to be the chosen one, to be the one to bring balance to the Force. So that's a lot of pressure put on him. So I guess in that sense, I understand why he's so emotional. Like I understand because he has all this pressure on him. So you know, I'm a little more open to episode two now. There's actually a lot more to the whole Jedi aren't exactly the good guys thing, and there is actually a Film Theory episode that I will link in the description of this episode that'll better explain it than I can, but yeah, definitely check them out, and there's, uh, there's a lot of different theories I could go into, but I would be here all day, and I'm already at well over half an hour at this point. But yeah, that's just, that's just some Star Wars theories I thought were really interesting to talk about. If there's any theories that you guys have heard of or are interested in and, you know, want to wanna talk to me about them, let me know on social medias. Link is in the link tree in the description, you know, my Instagram and Twitter, everything is there. Also in the description, there's a link to support this podcast. You know, you totally don't have to, but every little thing helps, you know, it helps me be able to do this better for you and, you know, I am, I am a little broke. Maybe I can afford, you know, a bowl of cereal this week. Who knows? But no, if you want to support this podcast, you know, I definitely appreciate it. But with that being said, I'm going to end the episode here. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, stay tuned for more great Star Wars content, my young Padawans. I've been Cameron, and like always, I will see you guys in the next episode. Nerd.